Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. This week, I am once again joined by Yayan. Hello. And Legion. Hello. Welcome back to the pair of you. So, last time the three of us were together, it was to do a sort of Batman special episode to go alongside the release of the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I guess... uh, I should ask a quick summary. Did did we enjoy the film? The Batman? Yes. Loved it so much. I've s i have I went to the cinema twice. Yeah. I... Which Oh sorry. Lisa. Yeah, I, I definitely no. would have gone and seen it twice if I had that option, but yeah, great film and I can't wait to actually watch it again. Twelfth yes. <laughs> of June. Indeed, yes. Yes. Sorry, Legion, did you have more to say? I realised I cut you off. I thought um, you were, The breath I thought you were finished. I yeah, confess. yeah. No, I was going to say, it no way beats my, my film-seeing record, which is The Dark Knight I saw nine times at the cinema. But sure. um, I loved it more than The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I feel dirty saying that. <laughs> I Get mean, no, I liked it. I liked it more than The Dark Knight. Um, no, I agree. I, I feel th- like I've cheated on Heath Ledger. Nah. Not at all. Um, I will say it's still not my favourite Batman film, but that's just because I love the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Uh, so today, for those who aren't aware, is the release of the latest instalment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange. I realise I've... is Is it in the Multiverse of Madness and the Multiverse... I believe it's and the multiverse and so I was yes okay. even though he probably will be in the yes in would work I think I I was pretty sure it was and and then I may have misheard them I heard someone say in and I was there like oh that does make sense too so mm. I was then like confused um so yeah okay Dog Strange and the Multiverse of Madness it's the what twenty eighth MCU film I think Carl oh, right. I believe we're at um, so yes, um, again, with when this episode is released, uh, I will be watching it at 5.30 this evening. Uh, Yayan is hoping to see it the weekend, and Legion has already watched it. So what did you think? Good film. Yeah? Good film. Or, or it was it was complete disappointment and utter shit, you know, it, whichever uh, you want to take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't piss on people's parade. No. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest... And I know this is probably a biased opinion. I would be very surprised if it is the latter. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so we're sort of going to try and focus on the Marvel Cinematic Universe itself. I mean, that might branch out a bit into Marvel in general. But, yeah, so I guess with you know, with that said... Uh, shall I ask you first, Yarn? Like, how I mean, when it comes to, I mean, it's up to you, I guess, whether you want to talk about Marvel in general, the MCU, I suppose, introduction to it, maybe, is a good place to start. Uh, it's up to you. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my case, it's probably better to talk about Marvel in general because the, the introduction to the MCU was, I think, um, the first Iron Man film when it came on TV, but Marvel in general was probably, um, yeah, that would have been the first thing I watched. I watched um, the '90s Spider-Man the animated series or the new animated series as it was called on TV, um, and now that was good. That was good. It's a great show. I own all yes. the DVDs, and now they've got like re-release of figures that I'm trying to collect. And yeah, I mean, oh, I'm really? Just... Yeah, yeah. 90s How many have you col- have you collected any so far? Um, the only one I've collected so far is the Hobgoblin figure. I've got the Green Goblin one on order, but it's coming from abroad, so okay. <laughs> it'll <Nice>. be a while. 
But I know there's a shocker one out as well, which I haven't yet managed to find. Mm. Cool. Sorry, continue. Yeah, like, I know there's obvious, like, 90-isms in there with the dramatic way in which the show was the show was made, the animated series, but... And there's the argument out there that that show was made so that other superhero shows, um, such as um, the one I always see, the, the spectacular Spider-Man could, could improve upon it and be a little less goofy and 90-isms, but... I still, I still love it. I can still rewatch it, and you know. I feel like as a whole, I may prefer the '90s one, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. I think, and and maybe that a big part of that is that you also get crossover. Obviously, you get characters from the X Men animated universe. Um, fantastic. We get the Fantastic Four, and then we get characters who don't have their own shows, uh, like, mm. pardon me, um, like, uh, why am I blanking? Blade and Daredevil. Mm. Yep, um, and Stanley. <laughs> yes, and Stanley. Stanley goes off into the Spider Verse at the end of the series. Yeah, it's yeah. spoilers uh, for the you know nearly thirty-year-old show. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, which kind of I think connects to why I enjoy the MCU so much is the crossover appeal, because as someone who's not been able to ever read comic books and who no doubt would if uh, you know if that brain tumor hadn't grown in my head you know I guarantee my uh, I mean there would be a massive hole in my wallet for many years or I guess initially my parents wallet um, (laughs) for for comic books when growing up and the MCU and any animated shows like that because DC did it as well in, as far as animation is concerned mm. uh, obviously with Batman and Superman and then you've got Justice League it's you know, and I just it sort of it gives that a feeling that I would imagine a lot of comic book readers got when they were reading stuff as children because it is worth saying for me, as far as introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I actually first watched uh, The Avengers, uh, mm. which is, of course, the sixth film. Uh, I had actually watched Iron Man 2 previously, but I went through a phase in my teenage years, like I think some do, where it's not like I didn't like nerdy stuff, and it's not like I was ashamed to like nerdy stuff. I was just at that point very much Spider-Man and Batman. So a mate of mine was going to the cinema and invited me along with his family to watch Iron Man 2. So I didn't really actually, I wasn't too familiar with the character. My only introductions to the character was that, I think it's called the Armored Adventures cartoon where he's a 16 year old. So I was there like, why is he an adult? How do people know who who he is? Um, That was a strange cartoon, although I do still enjoy it because that that was my first introduction as well. Yeah. Uh, But so... I think actually when the Avengers was coming out, I spoke to a friend of mine on, uh, I remember on the school bus once, and uh, we joked about it since, that um, if he was Frankenstein, I'm Frankenstein's monster, because he's arguably responsible for making me the massive nerd I am today, Uh, (laughs) because it was the couple of conversations with him that just got me more and more fascinated and then I went off and did my own research bought all the DVDs leading up to the Avengers because he told me what they were and managed to watch them in time, watch the Avengers uh, thrice uh, in the cinema and yeah I haven't looked back since as uh, the expression goes Mm. not um, have very much been obsessing over the MCU but comic book films as a whole but I suppose uh, well I can leave it there for now uh, Legion what uh, you know so, the floor is yours so you two have given your stories and thanks guys I now feel absolutely ancient um, <laughs> my first introduction would have been through Marvel um would have been through, I must have been about ooh, six. Um, 
and watching the Marvel Action Hour, which was... It originally started off as Fantastic Four and Iron Man, and then it went on to Fantastic Four and the Incredible Hulk animated cartoons, and then it went on to Fantastic Four Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was literally, you, you had one straight after the other. That's very it good. Was, it was great, and it oh. was it was like introduced by Stanley. Oh, nice! Like it, my my nan used to have Sky, and she used to send videos up of just she'd record for me and my brother at the Marvel Action <laughs> Hour. Oh, nice! Uh, so we had cassettes of it, and we had cassettes of just X Men and um, Spider Man, and strangely not Marvel but Monster Rancher because that was a good anime of the day um, and it just oh god and then the film when it comes to the MCU I I was I was 16 when Iron Man came out and I went to sit at the cinema with some friends for my birthday we just finished school for GCSEs, and I went to. It, it was a great year for superhero films, wasn't it? Two thousand and eight. You know, we had The Dark Knight and we had Iron Man. You Just also had The two. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's not awful. To, it's not a bad. It was a great film. summer. Yeah. No, do you know what? No, it's it's not a bad film. I. It's saw just the, the weakest of those three, I'd say. It, uh, yes. Yes, it is. Edward Norton, if he'd stayed in the role, would have been a completely different beast. Yes, but at the same time, I do think... Yeah, but... Yes, haha. But I do think Mark Ruffalo... <laughs> I don't begrudge him being in the role. No! No, you can't. And he's definitely made it his he... own. Yes, he's oh. done phenomenally well. Yeah. But Iron Man, you know when you go and watch something and you're like, this is this is gold. And then you don't expect anything and you, you're just getting up to leave the cinema and then it just... Wait, what's this? What's happening? There's more. With the and, Nick Fury post credit scene. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it just it changed cinema. Mm. And it changed superhero movies. You know, we went from having mm. superhero movies that were a little bit campy, a little bit up themselves, to the MCU. Yeah. You know, and it was be- at the time it was being planned out by a relative unknown, who was basically a kid. You know, Kevin Feige. He was in his mid thirties. In fact, he might have even been in his early thirties. Yeah, and who who had worked on a lot of the previous Marvel films? Yes, or was and he? Basically- he was a producer. He was an executive producer on all the Spider-Man trilogy. Yes, the two Fantastic Fours um, in the two thousands. The X-Men. I know Elektra and Daredevil, the X-Men trilogy. Yeah, he was an intern for X-Men. Yeah. Which, you know... Yeah, that would have been his first, yeah, the yeah. X-Men film. And it's just like, he's clearly gone through all of these and gone, yeah, okay, these were okay, these were fun, they made money. But, this is how I'd do it. And back in the day, it was Paramount. You know, it wasn't Disney. Yeah, the deal yeah. they made was, yeah, they made a deal with Paramount, and that's why... Like you said, yeah, it's the Paramount logo at the beginning of the first seven MCU films. I actually remember being in the cinema yes, for The Dark World. Hulk. Well, yes, that's Hulk Universal, Hulk. yes. that's Which is Universal, which is and why it's still, not on streaming. Yes, and it's still apparently a bit of a complicated issue with that yes, right now. It's, so, um, Incredible, Incredible Hulk can appear in any and all Disney films yes. but cannot feature as the main character. Yes, which is why he had such a why we sort of had Planet Hulk influences for Ragnarok yes. for the film, and you wouldn't actually get a MCU Planet Hulk film. Yes. Uh, yeah. But clearly that doesn't fully... That's only for the Hulk character, and say yeah. in comparison to this, to Spider-Man with Sony, because obviously we're getting a She-Hulk Disney Plus series. Because mm. um, like in the case of Sony, they own everything that's to do with Spider-Man. Like I think... I think Spider Woman has been mentioned as a possible film for them to go for. It would, I mean, it would make more sense than Madam Web, but there you go. Um, In it, uh, so I do think 
that you know but like you said yeah like so yeah not including the incredible hulk so you've got the other six films all paramount and then i still remember when for the dark world came out and when it just started with the marvel studios um intro music that has i think fair to say become iconic now Oh, synonymous. Um, yeah, when it, yeah, when it just started with that, and I was just there, like, excuse me, <laughs> just there. Yeah. So, what's going on? So a bit taken aback. More than, in some ways, more than I w- you would think I would be from something so minor. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, because obviously, well, what the MCU? Well, Iron Man, as we mentioned, first came out in two thousand eight, which probably means it was being worked on in like two thousand six. Yes, probably, maybe yeah. even two thousand and five for the it very filmed, infancy. And filmed then, in two thousand and seven. Yes, but I suppose, like as far as Feige probably having to work out the deals with like Paramount and like the bank mm. loan, all that stuff. I imagine it probably started in like two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Yes, there probably is a book on it. If there isn't, there will be. Um, and <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just. And then obviously Disney bought Marvel in two thousand and nine. They did. Yeah, it's for the same price they bought Star Wars, which is an unholy amount of money, isn't it? Four billion dollars. Mm. It's quite insane, though, when you think they bought Pixar for seven point. It's either seven point four or seven point six billion. And then Twentieth Century Fox isn't even worth thinking about because that was seventy one point two billion. So. <laughs> Like you wow. said, it, it's, it's not a holy amount, amount of money. The amount of yeah. damage I could do with that sort of money. Yeah. What was it? What was it Twitter was bought for? $44 billion? Is that right? $44 billion. Yeah. yeah. But that's a... Uh, I mean, that's a whole other issue, the kind of mm. money Next that's week, been spent. financial breakdown podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next uh, week. Yes. But... Oh, uh, no, I mean, but... Back to what you were saying, I think. I mean, say you make, we're making you feel old. If you were thirteen in two thousand and eight, you're already. I think we've had this before. 16. Sixteen. Sorry, sorry, I said thirteen because I was thirteen. So you're only three years older than me. Yes, I am. I just, but I, I had a midlife crisis yesterday. I turned thirty, <laughs> and you know, we're like, oh god, it, everything makes me feel old. Fair enough. Well, I've, it's not like I have that feeling now. I'm worried when I get to thirty. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, it gets worse. I'm very aware. Even though I will say I don't necessarily I don't I'm not like one of one of those people who's there like, Oh, I feel old. I'm just sort of there like, huh, well how about that? <laughs> you know, when it's I the when bought it's... a mattress and was happy about buying a mattress. Well that's when you know you're just growing up, isn't it? When you just I was saying that someone said like I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm happy that was it. Um we've had this I've had this conversation with Yarin and a couple of mates where it's there like the the happiness I get when I put my laundry in and then it's done and the sun's out, which means I can hang it on the line. Yes. <laughs> so it's just there like yes. so like this shouldn't make me this happy, but it does. I I was twenty nine before I discovered dishwasher sheets. Uh not dishwasher, tumble dryer sheets, which are just a game changer, quite frankly. If you've not <laughs> oh, great, if you've got anyway. a tumble dryer, try them. Yeah. Hello. This is a bit of variety in the podcast for sure. <laughs> Isn't uh, it? Yeah. Um, next week on our old men complaining about feeling old podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely no, cannot call ourselves old. <laughs> um, no, the, the, I mean the, the MCU is just—it's an ever-changing beast of cinema, and yeah. you know, I love your metaphors, Legion. We should just bring you on to write metaphors for script. Thank you. <laughs> I am the metaphor king. I feel like you, you should know. have gone the metaphor master. Come on, we're doing comic book stuff here. It's all about alliteration. Oh, there we go. I am the metaphor master. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's one for you. The MCU is basically a hydra. You chop off one head and another two or three grow in its place. Yeah. To what you said, like, generally from the storytelling point of view, like, I just look at stuff like, we mentioned Iron Man. The fact that he goes from a and sort of anti-government playboy to... Basically, He's standing with the government. The game. No, but standing with the government. Mm. I'm going like civil war. It's like just that stuff, and Cap's gone vice versa, pretty much. You know, pro America to I don't trust the government. Yeah, and it didn't feel out of place. No, either of them. No, and it's one of those ones that always makes me sad that Warner Brothers with DC just went in and went. We need to. We they need just to tried to catch up immediately. 
combat Marvel. How are we yes. going to do that? I don't yeah, know. We're going to stick names up. Yeah, we're going to put Batman and Superman in a film that will make us catch up. So, like, two films does not compare to how many was it at that point? 13. 13, yeah. Civil War was the 13th. The only reason that it actually works in the sense that of those character arcs don't feel out of place is because the time was given to them. Yes, yes. Warner Brothers. I get it. Warner Brothers didn't want to copy the business model. However, this business model has basically now become something that every but, studio is trying to copy. So you may as well. But it's even, <laughs> but it's even then like you didn't have to completely copy it, but you still should you have done, I think, solo films for your main characters. Do you know what I oh, mean? Yes. Like you still should have had a Batman solo film for the even... new character and the Wonder Woman film because it's like people said, if you look at the DCU, which. God knows if it exists anymore. I think you know it seems up in the air. DC have, have been very flip floppy with it. We'll see yes. if the Discovery takeover changes that. But with, um, you know, with the DCU of as what it is, it's like the comparison. If the MCU had gone, so and then we get this the right way around. Is there like Cap- Captain America, the first Avenger, then the Avengers, then then Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it's like that kind of... No, hang on, I've got it around the wrong way. Oh, I've screwed that up. It's like if they had gone, though, Iron Man, Captain America Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers. Then, no, probably Captain America the first Avenger, because Wonder Woman, and then Avengers. Um, Yeah, so it's like that. And it's just like, it's all over the place, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I feel feel as well, Disney Uh, thought they could do this again, with Star Wars, and they just didn't yes. plot out the the. the no, yeah, that's trilogy. a whole other thing. It's the comparison, isn't it? Yeah, like that's a whole other thing. That Lucasfilm has not been a well-run uh, ship, which and I Kathleen know Kathleen it... Kennedy is basically drunk at the wheel, going, "I know where we're going. I see land." <laughs> yeah, I don't think she cared, and it, and it's funny, really, because obviously a big suggestion for someone who can take over Lucasfilm is Kevin Feige. <laughs> Because who was categorically said, I'm staying with Marvel. For now, yeah. And I know some people keep yeah, speculating he's going to go eventually. The only thing he said Star Wars-wise um, was... He's doing I'll one do film, one right? Star Wars film yeah. and see how we go, but otherwise I'm sticking here. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I feel we massively flip-flopped during the course of the last however many minutes with him. <laughs> oh, it's, it's what a podcast is at times. We're back but, to Figi though, so yes. back to the MCU. Yes, and I know some may accuse me of blowing smoke up his butthole, as it were, but I do no. personally <laughs> really marvel, no pun intended, um, at what yeah. Kevin Feige has done when you look at it, and I generally think he does really treat like you can tell he's actually a fan I think that's a big thing like yes you can, like you can actually yeah. tell that he is taking he is reading the source material he is taking the ideas where it's like people say like you watch some of the you watch some other films whether it's DC and personally I'm not just going to I'm not throwing shade at just DC Sony films as well for me mm-hmm. where um, is there like have you even read a comic book <laughs> so like, do, like, no. did you even pick one up and like flick through it? Is there like, or did you see one no. thing? You know, one thing like you watched, you looked at the front cover and you go, "There's a reference. Let's put that in." Um, I tell you what, I have noticed very recently with the Sony um, Spider-Man esque related films, Kevin Feige's name is cropping up on quite a lot of them. Well, as we got, and we're going to spoilers here, so hopefully people have watched it, but as we saw with No Way Home, they've done a fun thing where they're like showing that the Venom film isn't an alter universe, which frankly, I'm really happy about, because... Um, it's so amazing and it needs ten more sequels? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, for me, I'm generally... Because when I saw the end... Because in the post-credits... Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to hide it from anyone. I'm sorry if you like the Venom films, but I do not. Uh, uh, I don't need your pity. No, it's it's just one of this. Oh, I mean, there's a different type of enjoyment. As we've discussed, full full disclosure, we discussed this before we started recording, and Legion was saying he enjoys them because, well, I say them, he hasn't watched 
Um, the second one. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, but it reminds me of 90s superhero films. It reminds me of things like yes. Darkman and Steel and yeah. things like that. That are just Christ so... Steel. Um, yeah. But, I mean, and that, that's fine. And there are some people who generally do enjoy it. And either way, you know... Yeah. It's one of those ones that you are entitled, and that one, that opinion, Legion, I can get on board with. I just, for me, I just can't. I know, I just can't enjoy it to that point. I think for me, it's it's such a departure from the Venom character that, to me, yes, you know. But anyway, I'm not trying to turn this into just this. But my point is, that I was going to say is, again, post-credit scene at the end of the second film, it shows Venom being transported to the MCU, and during my first viewing of Spider-Man No Way Home. I was dreading the venom-shaped hole, <laughs> and then we get yeah. that, and then we get that post-credit scene. Well, technically mid-credit scene in No Way Home, and I was there like, oh, thank God! Now I can watch yeah. this film again, and you know, untense. <laughs> Just there going. I yeah. wonder who will play the real Venom now. Basically, yeah, I was there. Like, Do you know what? I generally wouldn't. I, 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 I will say this: I would not mind if they actually did Tom Hardy, but just make him actually play Eddie Brock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. That would be fine. But yeah, I'm not trying to turn this into a huge negativity podcast, so we can move on from that part. But That. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't sure how um, to fully uh, wrap it up, but I suppose, um, should I ask you, Yarin, like, what would you say is your like favorite films in the MCU or what do you think of the evolution of the MCU? Um in terms of the evolution of characters of like the many many arcs are kind of fully defined in that you know, we've mentioned a few already um Steve Rogers as Captain America and Tony's Iron Man arc is is done you know really well the characters have sort of full turnabouts and I can see the evolution of those characters and go yeah that makes perfect sense mm. um, unfortunately like not unfortunately that's the wrong word but fortunately really because it's continuing on into new characters like um, Shang-Chi is my first example I can think of like, at the top of my head mm-hmm. uh, so now we're kind of in a, we're in a flow in terms of evolution where we're building back up which I am really liking but also having to I don't know, temper my expectations in that I'm like, yeah, okay, we're not we're not in that mode anymore. Get back to the <laughs> get back to the beginning where I don't expect it to be so big. Well he's big, but you know what I mean. Big in terms of scale and character arcs. Yeah, which, which, I... to be fair I don't mind <clears throat> that at all. I said. <coughs> oh no, it, it's a testament to how well it's done that we can go back and it's still doing well. Yeah. Yes. I realise I asked you what your favourite film was, but actually we'll hold off on that. I feel like we should probably save that for more towards the end. Uh, it is worth saying because, again, you know, things should be perfect. You know, we should make this perfectly balanced as all things should be. But, uh, zip it, Thanos. It's uh, not like the uh, MCU is perfect. I'm very aware of that. Uh, you know, there have been some negative things. Uh, uh, you know, I know early on representation was a big one for people you know there was I think there was a slight issue for Marvel Studios themselves because their most popular female characters are in are part of the X-Men so mm-hmm. you know however it really took them longer than it should have to do a Black Widow film uh, you know no matter oh, what yeah. no matter what um, you think of Scarlett Johansson I feel people were I feel people were clamoring for a Black Widow film once Winter Soldier was released if not before then definitely once Winter Soldier okay. was released definitely <laughs> and I know some people would say well you know if you're set to a plan you're set to a plan yeah but they added the Ant-Man sequel like in there and granted they may have had it planned for it and then just added it in there after Ant-Man did well the first one but still I think they could have easily done the Black Widow film. They could have, they could have easily done it before earlier, Infinity War. Unfortunately, because they didn't do it earlier, there was literally only one place they could put it. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, wasn't necessarily a bad place, but I feel they could have. No, certainly. Earlier on. <laughs> I know. I definitely will address. Like we're talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I am very much looking forward to, and I do enjoy the first film. But I suppose you know it would be unfair to not address uh, the whitewashing in the film. 
uh, of the Very ancient one. Yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I do. She, uh, I can't remember the actress's name. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yes, Tilda Swinton is very good in the role. However, it is one of those things where I I think I do get the thought behind it, where I think they almost tried too hard the other way because they went, yeah. oh well, we don't want it to be stereotypical, so we'll make we'll it woman, woman and not Asian, because obviously the stereotype yeah. is mystical Asian, but it's like, and I've spoken to my wife about this who is Asian herself and it's one of those things that said like they sort of went too far one way you could have had an Asian woman and yeah. that would have been bucking the trend oh can you imagine um Ming Na Wen and I'm, I, I I know she's she's in Agents of Shield I don't think that technically mean... counts at this point though I she think they could have got away with that. that or even work. to be honest like I know she obviously ended up being in Shang-Chi but I believe Aquafina. I'm saying it no, 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 God, no. no, no, not as an ancient one. That wouldn't. No, no. I like Aquafina. No, but not as in the ancient one. I don't think. No, uh, I'm thinking more Michelle Yeoh, who played there, who played um, the aunt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I only know her from Star Trek Discovery. The role, and I think I understand why they were trying to go that way because they were trying to get away from stereotypes, and as you say, arguably went too far the other way. So I can understand why people didn't didn't like it, and if you didn't, I can't really, you know, argue against it, and. Yeah, but when you now that you're listing names, I'm like, oh, why didn't they do that? Or mm. <laughs> now, now I'm more annoyed. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things, and I know a big one of like that would often get brought up when I was talking to people as well was like, say they didn't have Hawkeye being disabled at the beginning. However, we have had that um, sort of. Uh, Retconned isn't the right word, but uh, it's been Andy. introduced in his show. So, mm. there you go. So, I think we're very much at the point where things... And again, I'm very... Con- I do say this as a straight white man, but I do think things are improving very much in the MCU. Oh, I think things are improving. I mean, uh, again, <laughs> I'm white, but I'm also disabled, so I think that from that point of view representation is improving <laughs> yes mm-hmm. well yeah no, I mean certainly I mean if you go by Hawkeye and then No Way Home we know we've got we've got Hawkeye himself Echo which is not a spoiler for the show she was announced before it and in the trailer oh I mean yeah yep. and awesome. then we've also now got Daredevil in this universe yes we so, do yes he's one hell of a liar Please. yes Certainly. Sorry. <laughs> I'm confident that they won't. Like I said, if there's anyone I trust in, it is Kevin Feige. Yes. Like personally, he generally hasn't steered me wrong. Like all the films I enjoy to some degree. Some aren't yeah. as good as the others, but I do not dislike any of the MCU films. That's fair. Yeah. That's you know. Yeah. And I think it says a lot that what was it? I think it was only recently Eternals got the lowest review an MCU film has got on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was still above sixty percent. Yeah, so. which yeah. which is telling when you've got somebody in charge of it. I'm going to go on a slight tangent here and a slight ranty rant. No, go for it. But it's you telling when you've got somebody steering a ship like Kevin Feige, who who is introducing these differences and yet can keep ratings above sixty percent. And then you have some. I know it's TV rather than film. But you have Chris Chibnall in charge of Doctor Who, who has taken a brilliant, brilliant series and driven it face first into the ground. Okay, mm. like MCU, it very much seems like the general formula with the MCU is Kevin Feige is there, like here's five things that need to be in the film. Write me the script. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, that's not stifling creativity, and you know that argument really gets on my nerves. But with DC, I know we've this... like three times on this podcast, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> In terms of, I don't think I've mentioned it on this episode, but in conversations oh. with you, certainly have. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I think like the thing that, as far as you can't put it any other way, it's showing how unorganized it is. Michael Keaton is returned as Batman in two different films. We've also mm-hmm. got a Batgirl movie happening, which I know nothing about. Which he's in. That's what I mean. He's in that film, and then he's going to be in the Flash film. So it's like. 
it really should be and like if again I don't like comparing them I really don't but in this case I feel like I have no other choice and you look at No Way Home and you know we had the returns of Andrew Garfield Tobey Maguire and all the villains as well that scene can I just say that scene where they first appear is some excellent excellent not only comedy writing but dramatic writing it's Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yes. Just Ned's mum, just like could you get the spider's web. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. it is very good stuff. Uh, I also like how that film to me, like almost like it's almost like it rewrote some of the real crap stuff from the previous films. For example, Electro was a lot cooler. Uh, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, Jamie Fox and Green Goblin who wasn't bad in the first ever Spider-Man film, don't get me wrong, but he was so much more menacing. Yes. So yeah. much more menacing. So because much... from the drop, drop, you know, drop of a pin, he'd be like, Osborne. Yeah. And then he'd be like, can Spider-Man come out to play? Yeah. So it was, it was very good. And it made me cry. Okay. I've got to put my hands up now. It made me cry. I think I it made a lot of people cry. When May died, I cried like a bitch. I don't think you're alone in that. And they made the speech comic accurate as well. I like I yes. liked that as well. I, I will say it did make me internally. I was there like ah, uh, or or you know all those. I don't really know what to call them, but basically the sexist knobs on Twitter just screaming as one, as they give Uncle Ben's line to Aunt May. Yeah, <laughs> I was there yeah. like I took some pleasure in that as well. I, oh, it, was, it just. Yeah, she's just a phenomenal actress. <laughs> she was she, she oh she she was a great she's a great actress and a great character, and I yeah I don't know I think it it's a shame in a way that her character died but for the motivation it makes sense yes especially as I it seems very much obviously when Homecoming first came out you didn't know if maybe they'd bring Uncle Ben in flashback capacity. To maybe, mm. but it seems not, and that's fair because again they're doing something different, which again is why I personally never minded how this Spider-Man started with being very, you know, having a lot of technology through his relationship with Tony Stark because it was different to the mm. Spider-Mans we'd had. Yeah, and also made sense to me. And also the way they've basically made um, uh, blanking already. No way home. The way they basically made No Way Home and. As it were, quote unquote, origins tale for for this Spider-Man because it was like, yeah, you had all the. Which is quite insane, isn't it? When this is connection, and then the. It's his sixth film, yeah, <laughs> and it's sort of his origin, but it again, doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't sound wrong or out of place. No. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's a definitely huge credit to them. Certainly, oh, it's just it's just sign of the evolution of the MCU. It's gone from what they saw as a small drop in the water to just this behemoth that just gets people's emotions running. Oh I mean, yeah, and, and it, I mean, it shows how much Kevin Feige cares about the character because in in an interview he did, I think it was a couple of years back, to be fair. But he did an interview it was like, "What was your first thought with the MCU? How far did you plan ahead?" It's like, honestly, my first thought was. We've got Iron Man. Can Iron Man work? And I hope it does. Yeah. I was like, that shows caring and planning. Because it wasn't, oh my god, let's make ten sequels even though we haven't released the first one. Yeah, well, it's not like what you hear about something like, I guess, another recent example was Lionsgate with Power Rangers. And I enjoyed the 27 film that we got. 2017 film. Uh, but, you, you know, we must all... Congregate around the Krispy Kreme. Yes, certainly, probably one of the most blatant examples of product placement. Yeah, admittedly. Oh, it's so just so in your face, and it makes me laugh because I don't normally spot product placement at all. But oh, God. no, very <laughs> well, no, very much like um, I think a very visual one that I believe ha- happens is, is in what I would say is the best live-action Superman movie we've had, Man of Steel. And you have the fight scene between Zod and Superman, mm. and I believe, from what I've heard, people saying they like that. Basically, a load of the billboards they smash through are like, or like the restaurants or shops are like, you know, loads of D 
different okay. places. I think there's Seven Eleven, IHOP. There's probably others, but yeah. But even a blind person can't miss Krispy Kremes product placement. No. I had my first Krispy Kreme when I was 28. It's it was it changed my life. I it, they are very nice. Not gonna by about four stone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a battered uh, Mars bar. Oh no! I've never had one of them. That's when you feel the calories as you uh, take a bite. <laughs> it's just there, like, so, like take <laughs> take a bite, and it's there, like, well, hello there, diabetes. <laughs> Your arteries are just crystallizing. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> no, stop eating. Stop. That's my next speaker, and then a BMCU. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, but no, I I generally thought it was a decent film. Uh, the first Power Rangers. But it, you know, it. The plan going into it, if all reports are to be believed, Lionsgate were like pretty much counting their chickens way before they hatched. Yes, I mean, they were. The post credit scene shows that anyway, with the whole. I mean, it's more the force thing, is it? Because generally, introducing him as an as a you know a character no, off at the side five. would have been fine. But it is more the post credit scene, isn't it? Is there like Tommy Oliver, Tommy Ten. Oliver. By the way, we're having Tommy Oliver. Did we mention we're having Tommy Oliver? Tommy Oliver's coming, people. Come back. Please come back. Tommy Oliver's coming to the film. You want to watch Tommy Oliver, don't you? Look, there's the green jacket. You know what that means. The, Tommy the Oliver. Best thing, the best thing that happened after the 2017 film is Lionsgate went, oh, you know, this this film is bombed and Haim Saban's just like, okay, do you know what, guys? I chuck my hat in the ring. Hasbro, it's your turn now. And Hasbro basically go, hold my beer. And we've had the best Power Rangers content since 2017 that has been produced by Hasbro and has had nothing to do with Haim Saban. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think it... I think it, it, it's one of those ones... I don't think it... Maybe I'm wrong. I need to look at it again. I feel like it didn't bomb. It's just the fact that it didn't make enough money to warrant think, what Lionsgate wanted. Again, I think Lionsgate... It's one of those classics one where I think they've really overestimated the name value of Power Rangers and I don't mean that in a horrible way but it's like a lot, there's been a few oh, incidences of this where you. people they're like, it's it's kids from the 90s, that's where a huge and I, I mean, mean that's, not, that's only going to get you so much money Yeah but at the moment, you know, 90s nostalgia is basically... Well we're coming to that point well arguably I think we're coming to that point now it may have come a few years too early the Power Rangers film. Because like you said, mm. I think we in the 2010s, we were at 80s nostalgia. Remember, it seems to be circling in 30 years. Um, yes. So, you know, so this decade, we will be getting the 90s nostalgia. Yeah, oh God, not the Venga Boys again. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I'm trying to think of any fit, anything that I'd be really nostalgic for. To be honest, I will happily take a re-release in the cinema of the 30th anniversary of all the Disney films from the 90s. Oh, yes. Um, the Crow. I would love to see a remake of The Crow. I, I mean, love The Crow. That's, the been, that's, that's been apparently happening for years now. We have. I'm not joking. I think where 10 actors have been, at least, have been attached to that. Uh, Isn't it Bill Skarsgård now? Uh, yes, it is now. Yeah. After yeah. what I think Tom Hiddleston at one point, Jason Momoa, yeah. Jack Houston, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill at one point. I I don't. I'm losing track. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's like the Austin Powers thing. I've just been naming a lot of actors there. This actor, this actor, this actor. No, no, I've gone cross-eyed. Name all the actors and then go. Oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Here. <laughs> yeah. Threw me a freaking bone. Quite a few directors as well. Maybe not as many directors as uh, directors as the Flash movie, but uh, yeah. no. No. Oh, so many directors. Anyway, I, um, but yeah, the, the whole point of this is that the MCU is well put together, and all the examples we've discussed and aren't. And we are big <laughs> fanboys uh, of it. Yes. And I guess, as I said earlier, maybe a good way to end this is to talk about our like favorite MCU films. If you find it hard to narrow down to one, like by all means, feel free to do top five. Top five or top three, it's up to you. Let's we'll go top five Ooh, if you so wish. Top, I can do a top five. Do you want to go first, Legion, or do you, would do you want some time? I'd love to go first. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I can go first. Okay. So now putting them in any particular order is going to be difficult. I mean, it's up to you. You can if you have them in a specific order that I you can, don't. but not then. Yeah. Then go well, ahead. Where it's like I, you see no particular order, and these are the. 
Well, no, these are them. And it's... So, for me, at number five, it's the the thing that started the whole MCU off. It's Iron Man. I love the original Mm. Iron Man. It is a very good film. It still definitely holds up. It's an excellent film. Mm. And then, you know, after this, it would have to be the original Avengers. Sure, yeah. I loved that. It brought all of them together. Okay. I love that it brought all of them together and it was just it just hit me right in my feels Um, now Curveball the film that everyone saw being released and went why the hell do we want this and it turned out to be one of the best things ever mainly for its soundtrack and its plotting is Guardians of the Galaxy I mean I wouldn't call that much of a curveball because people ended up loving it, but you were correct at the time. Yeah. When it was announced, everyone was pretty much there like, what are Marvel doing? Yeah. So yeah, they've yeah, gone mad with perfect. the money they made from Avengers. They've announced Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. What yeah, are they yeah. doing? Yeah, it was ridiculous. And then, uh, you know, it took me years to see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I watched it and I was like, oh my god, I love this film. Mm. And the soundtrack is just... Oh. I mean, even for me, that I mean, that first trailer had me hooked. No pun intended, because it's... it's you know, it, the song over it is I'm mm-hmm. is hooked on a feeling, and it's just you know yeah. the whole. So like, they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a holes! Yeah. That always comes in my head because then it was like, what a bunch of a holes! And be like, I'm hooked on hooked a feeling. Up. Yeah, but, and then yeah. the trailer would obviously wrap up. But it was there like, yeah, great stuff. It's anyway. oh, great stuff. Um, in my next in my top five, I've only got two to go. Is No Way Home? It's just that's fair. It's what the MCU has become. It has developed fan service, but not too much fan service. Into... Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Not to the detriment oh. of the story. Yeah. 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 You know, this that is how to lighting. meet meet everyone's expectations, but do it with heart and do it with feeling and. Do it with sadness and do it with happiness, and it's almost the just... risk factor as well. Yeah, because that's the thing the MCU is showing now. But it, and we mentioned Guys of the Galaxy, and I think it's always been there that the MCU has taken risks. Yes, it has. And and I really don't like the argument that all the films are the same. They are not. They are not at all. They if, are all. If you rip them very... down to their core, sure. Like as far as you know, hero does this, hero does that. Big fight at the end, but that is any action film, not just yeah. The only thing I Marvel. think you could say, which is still, in my opinion, a weak argument. Sorry. I'm about to annoy an entire fan base, including everyone on this podcast. Um, but the only thing I think you could say, which I, I still think is a weak argument, is... Oh, the humour is sometimes a bit graining. It's like, yeah, but that's... Bathos, isn't it, people talk about. But I really don't... Yeah. I really but don't I think... I that that's a big thing. And I don't <laughs> think... I. Again, I disagree, but again, I think as I sort of went into detail about in our Batman-focused episode, you know, Blind as a Batman, if you haven't heard it, you know, it, I, maybe it's because I prefer the lighter tone stuff. Yes. But I really, I don't know, like, I've never found it that much of an issue. I think the only times I think I found it not fully working is there are some moments in Endgame I think mm. Uh, mm. and I've heard criticism about I still really enjoy Endgame don't get me wrong but from a storytelling point of view it's definitely not the strongest film no I think, it's not and I think that is partly even though it is three hours long that is still because they still had a lot to tell in it um, they, they so, had a lot of so there's oh, no I feel Endgame had a lot of balls juggle and it, it dropped a couple which yeah not to the de- detriment, uh, somewhat to the detriment, but not fully to the detriment of the the film. Cause yeah, the film not in my good. mind. No, no. Like the thing, they didn't manage to, yeah, like keep all the balls in the air. Yeah, uh, yeah. But again, um, I do do have to say, I'm going to probably shock you all with my fifth entry on the slot, and it's purely for nostalgia. I went into it not not knowing a single thing. And came out of it loving it. And it's the first Thor film. Underrated, in my opinion. Very underrated. And it's it's, it's you know, Shakespeare in space. 
It is Shakespeare in space, yeah. and it's it's directed by one of our greatest Shakespearean directors. Mm-hmm. Sir Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Yep. And it it just it ah. Oh, it's so great score. fun. Great score. Um, it's got Darcy in it, played by come oh, on, uh, Cat. Dennings. Dennings? Dennings. 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 Cat Dennings. Yeah, it who is, Dennings. is she's just brilliant. Um, uh, one of my guilty pleasures is two broke girls. I have no qualms in saying it. it's amazing. I I, I just like. I remember Kat Dennings. when I used to watch TV a lot. I watched like the fir- quite a few first episodes, and then I dropped off TV. So I dropped off the show as a consequence. Jeez. Cat but Dennings it was fun. is one of those actresses who can do comedy and she can do drama as well. I mean, she plays Death in the Sandman. Uh, adaptations for Audible. Nice. I highly recommend those to anyone listening to this. <laughs> yes, they are very good. Third yeah. one's out this year. Yeah, it is worth mentioning actually. As far as like, it's to what I said earlier. As far as the comic book reading ability, it's still. It may not be exactly the same, but one thing that is quite nice is there are quite a few uh, adaptations as far as like audio dramas of comic books. Yes. Uh, Produced by Graphic Audio, now available. Graphic Audio, or one thing that's quite good, there are some YouTube channels out there that do them, which I think is... uh, Yes. You know, Mm. I'll... Yes, there are. Not that they will probably know this, but I will shout out Comic Storian. That was one that um, I was a big fan of. Ooh. I should listen to more. Comic Storian. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, S-T-O-R-I-A-N. I will have a look at this. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'd recommend them. But uh, mm. but yeah no the first one I still would say as far as the trilogy goes Ragnarok is my favourite mm. but I do think the first one is very underrated very underrated and yeah yeah I Less mean I the second one the better yeah even though again I still don't think the second one's terrible like there's some decent no. moments obviously uh, Frigga's uh, death the mm-hmm. any back and forth between four and Loki is great yep oh yeah that's that's great. <laughs> Uh, I think it's more like a lot of the early MCU films maybe it wasn't the strongest villain uh, even though I do think some villains are underrated as well for example um, Iron Munger from the first Iron Man yes I still think Zemo from Captain America Civil War is very underappreciated I am so Zemo returns doesn't he in um... Falcon and the Winter Soldier Uh, yes yeah. That's the one, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That is yes. Zemo, isn't it? And I yes. think he's amazing in that. He is. Mm. It's very good. The Disney Plus shows, I think, have done very... And I get this sort of... It sort of adds to the comic book, live-action comic book comparison. Mm. Like, they're sort of like, yeah, like, sort of spin-off mini-series. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, Yayan, your top five, if you're able yeah, to give it. Um... I'd want to sort of sit down if we were going to do top five and actually watch as many of them as I could beforehand. But the two, <laughs> I'm, the two I probably most like uh, uh, the most at the moment it would be um, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I still think that that's that's fair. That entire, that entire trilogy is fantastic in retrospect, <laughs> but I think that that one's really good. Um, and Very good film. I'm aware that I have recency bias here, but I think my favourite one at the moment is Spider-Man uh, No Way Home because it mm-hmm. just it, I've, at one point or another all of the Spider-Man trilogy from the MCU have been my top film in the MCU and No Way Home didn't you know disappoint oh, yeah. again recency bias but I think it's great <laughs> yeah and as yeah. a trilogy I think it's been fantastic but to what you said as well the Captain America trilogy I think is very um, good as well I was going to say yeah. underrated but I don't think that's necessarily true I do think the first Avenger is not always appreciated to be as good as it is in my mind. It's not, and it is. It's a. Do you know what? First Avenger is. It's a fun film. Yes. Very much so, and for me, it's actually an example of one of those trilogies which I think is rare for a lot of people. Which is, it gets better with each film. For me personally, yes. No, it does. I know for a lot of people, as Yai and you just demonstrated there, say Winter Soldier is the best of the three. So it technically slightly dipped with the third one. Not by much, I'm saying. You know, I still, I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth, Yai, and when conversations, you still think Civil War is a great film. 
Oh, Civil War still gives me the, the nostalgic feeling of... I remember when we came out of the cinema and we were just quoting line after line after line and my gran was in the in the front seat with, with and there was two of us and one of my mates didn't notice and was quoting line after line after line. My yeah. gran had the biggest smile on her face just seeing our reactions. Mm. And it was so funny to watch and also to... Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I generally... Me every time I watch that film, so yeah. it's definitely not... It didn't I've... dip my much. Yeah, no. <laughs> I've said that. I think I don't know if I've ever actually felt my face broaden into a smile as much as during Civil War. Specifically, mm. the airport scene, obviously. The airport scene is yeah. beautiful. Mm. Oh, yes. isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, on that note, I would say like for me, Civil War is in my top five. Certainly, mm-hmm. I'd say number two. I realize I haven't thought about this too much. I kind of put but, you on the spot with top five, so I do apologise. No, 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 no. I mean more where No Way Home goes, but I think No Way Home probably would make it into my top five. Mm. And then I know I am a huge fan of the Black Panther film. I think it's incredible. But then I think it may just miss out because then I think Ragnarok would be in my top five. Loved what uh, Taika Waititi did uh, with, uh, with it and Guardians of the Galaxy would be in there as well and the number one will I think always be for me the first Avengers because of what it represents I mentioned how it's sort of really how I got to where I am now today as far as my fandom goes oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. even though in some ways I think from a story point of view I actually think some of the other films may actually be better not saying that Avengers is a bad story it's still very strong but the thing is, like, I've got the poster in a frame on my wall, which my parents gave me as my main present for, I think it was my 18th birthday. Oh, nice. Uh, or, or 21st. Actually, do you know what? I turned 18 the year after Avengers came out, so actually I think it was a few years down the line. So I think it was my 21st. Um, but yeah, it it's a very... It's a great film. means a lot to me. And yeah, like, just so many quotable lines I was annoyed at myself uh, the other day where um, they did like one of these at the school I work at they did the class did a speedy quiz thing so it was 10 questions and it was on the MCU and I froze on what two lines does Hulk say in in the Avengers like what are the only two lines and I just froze smash nope that's what I put because I froze um, so I said Hulk smash because obviously you're having a lot of time to answer. It's one of those speed ones. Yeah. Fa- yeah. Thankfully, I could live with myself because I still won nine out of ten. Um, but um, <laughs> no. What did you say, Owen? Puny God. Yes, Puny God. God. Yeah. Those are the only two words he says in the film. Oh. Okay. Of course it is. I had a bloody shirt with that on. <laughs> yeah, because um, because the Hulk smash thing is said by Steve. Yes, and he, well, no, we, he, we... and also he says he has he says Hulk smash in the Incredible Hulk. I love. Just I I love I'm watching this yesterday. I love the fact that in Avengers, um, when Loki's there and he's like, "Oh, what are you going to do? I have an army." And Cap's like, "We have a Hulk." Iron Man, but yes, uh, Iron Man's <laughs> like, "We we we have a Hulk." And then in it's great Infinity War, that gets reversed, and Thanos is like, "What are you going to do?" And Loki's just like, "We, we have, have a Hulk." Hulk. Yeah, on other moments like that, and that's the thing I think Endgame did actually quite well. And again, potentially to the detriment of the film's story, where they just paid off so many references. Yes, like you know, Black Panther knowing Hawkeye's name, Falcon saying to Cap on your left, uh, you know, Avengers um, assemble, Avengers assemble, even yeah, Cap um, using Mjolnir, which was a flipping amazing moment beautiful beautiful moment wouldn't it yeah i remember Um, being in the cinema and just everyone was like yes oh yeah there's not many moments that's the thing as well with the mcu like these are time when i've been in the cinema and people have cheered i have not been in the cinema that much and i know to anyone who listens to this who is in america that might sound weird because from what i understand in american cinemas it's a lot more common for crowd reactions oh it's incredible but but we're english and we do not react in cinema not, it is the not often. One time I saw somebody cheer with, well, there's two times, right? Cheer with happiness um, when in No Way Home, when obviously they yep, all show no up. Way home. 
and then cheer with sadness in No Way Home when it was like, oh my god, she's gonna fall. Oh, come on, catch her. And there was this girl behind me, like, just tense as anything. And it was just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen anything like that. I was, That's the I, thing. I can't remember what, what film I was at. It was, it was a Bond film. I just can't remember which Bond film. And I, 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 I live in the north, so not, most northern people are quite gritty and, and eh, no. And it's, uh, it was a big action sequence, and at the end of it, somebody just got up and went, top of their voice, well, thank f- dead now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's something for Yarin to censor out. Yes, um, oh. it's Skyfall. It was Skyfall. Yeah. The one that I, my my family saw, but I wasn't there for this because I was seeing it in a different... I wasn't at home at the time. But apparently during the first Spider-Man MCU film, uh, Homecoming, where it's like, where you know that scene where it's really tense and um, Tombs opens the door? Um, And it's like, what's he done? Has he he kidnapped them? And there's the tent you find out it's her dad. A person just got up in the front row, apparently, and just went, Oh, it's her dad! <laughs> like, out of nowhere. No one else was cheering, no one else reacted at all. And but normally... Went, what are you doing? <laughs> if you're if you're an Englishman, Welshman, or Scotsman, and you're in the cinema, you stay deadly silent for three and a half hours. This is true. <laughs> you silently seethe over people eating popcorn in the row in front of you. But I feel like that's where the MC really has feel like it's changed that in a way that it has because yeah. like yeah, I said has, Cheers, Infinity War, Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home are definitely three that come to mind and I'm sure there was big reactions in the first Avengers um, I mean, but I don't really fully remember I will say despite watching it three times I don't think I was as honest, aware when the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness we see them on screen we see Captain Carter we see Mr. Fantastic we see Professor X, and we see a another. Everyone is just going to be like, "Yes!" I'd hope so. I'm aware with where I'm seeing the film. I don't know if I'll get that response. I am very interested uh, to see. It is in a it, there. There is a uni there, so there might be a lot of students in the cinema. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. That's what I'd be hoping for that reaction. Yeah. Or again, just a bunch of nerds, but. Which that's great as well because I've I watched it. That's the thing I will have to say. I watched Infinity War and Endgame at midnight showings, and that's when you're uh, really just there, like it's there, like yeah. we, we are one. We are nerds. I watched, <laughs> These are our people. It's just the IT crowd thing, isn't it? Ick bin I'm nerd. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there were people generally. To the one I went to, there were people cosplaying. Like that, they, yeah, which I was really. just there, like you know, fair play. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just sat here. I'm just gonna stay here with my nerd t-shirt. <laughs> I've been to some really random midnight screenings. I went to uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was the last MCU film I went to a midnight screening of. Fair play. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Saw that at a midnight screening. That was a weird one. Um, and Rogue One, I saw at a midnight screening. Not a bad one. No. Sad. Rogue One's very sad. Very sad. <laughs> still, the, still one of the best scenes in Star Wars <laughs> one of the in best my mind. Disney films. I was going to say the best Star Wars uh, scenes yes. when Vader's just cutting down falls. Oh, oh Vader, Vadering. Yes, and basically going, what prequel trilogy? <laughs> it shows you why he was feared. Yes. Because I mean. You obviously get a hint of that in previous films, but it shows you without telling you in that one. Clearly, you know, he, Vader has the feels for Lucas. He's like, George Lucas, you are a traitor and a member of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> yes. But um, I feel like we should bring it to the end before we continuing to well, digress. Talk about random rubbish. Yeah. I mean, hopefully people have found it entertaining. And hopefully, to any of you who are listening and are intending to watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I hope you enjoy it as much as we believe we shall. Indeed. Have done, will do. Our illustrious host and tell him what you think. Indeed. 
So, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for yes. inviting me again. Well, no, thank you for returning, Legion. Uh, my pleasure. I'm sure we will do something like this again. Uh, Tomorrow, the world. Indeed. Thank you once again to you, Yoin. Ah, my pleasure. And again, I'm sure we'll be on with everyone again at some point, hopefully. Yes. But until. Sounds very much like a plan. Indeed. But until next time. There is only one way you can end this. No, no, no. You, oh. you have to. One word oh. you can end this with. Until next time. Excelsior! Ah. Space. Well, that was a very informative chat. Hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining. You can follow me on Twitter, at TheBlindBrennan. Send an email to TheBlindBrennan at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, Listen With Your Eyes. If you can like, share and rate the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. You've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time. (laughs) 